Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from self-doubt, limiting beliefs, and disempowering patterns, and break through to create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. The show features interviews with entrepreneurs who've overcome amazing challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share insight and practical information to help you fulfill your big mission. The show is available in both video and audio formats on a variety of platforms, including iTunes, iHeartRadio, in the Google Play Store, on YouTube, and on my website at winnieanderson.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll share the show with others, and I hope you'll become a fan of the show on my site at winnieanderson.com fans. When you do, you'll get episodes delivered right to your inbox, along with information, tips, and resources to help you position and pre-sell yourself as the unique solution provider you are, and ultimately to profit from your expertise while you build a business in alignment with your faith, beliefs, and values. All right, I have a confession to make. I hate traditional networking. You know, those rubber chicken luncheons and dinners where everyone you talk to seems to expect you to buy from them before desserts are served. I'm much more comfortable doing my networking online, but even then, I've had people tell me they wanted to have a get-to-know-you chat only to find out they just wanted to pitch me their service. But let's face it, We know that theoretically, networking is the way to get work, whether that's a paying job, a consulting contract, or a project. And for an introvert, the idea of doing something that allows us to cultivate relationships that lead to business is just what we want. But it doesn't seem to work out that way, does it? You know, I was thinking about this very topic one day when I was on LinkedIn and an article about networking caught my eye. Well, I read the thread of comments, and one in particular stood out because I thought it was an honest assessment of the problems with effective networking. Well, the commenter mentioned her book in her response, and that led me to reach out and ask if she would come on the show to discuss her insights with us. I was thrilled when she said yes, because this information is so important. Let me tell you about her. Patty DiNucci is a conference and corporate speaker and workshop facilitator, as well as the author of the award-winning book, The Intentional Networker, Attracting Powerful Relationships, Referrals, and Results in Business. She grew up in an entrepreneurial family in northern Minnesota and, upon moving to Texas, enjoyed a career in marketing communications before launching her own consulting practice in 1989. Patty has served in leadership positions and earned numerous awards in both the Association of Women in Communications and the National Speakers Association. She founded what is known as Freelance Austin, a networking and professional development group devoted to helping solopreneurs thrive. Something fun about Patty, she enjoys making jewelry. How awesome is that? Live, work, and connect at a higher level is her mantra, and it's what she strives to inspire others to do. So listen in as Patty shares what's wrong and right about traditional networking, why it's critical to make the right choice of networking groups, and her own rating system for evaluating their effectiveness. I promise you it's really super simple. The power and importance of intentions as they relate to networking some tips for becoming a little more comfortable at an event where you don't know anyone, what to consider when deciding to turn down a meeting request from a contact, 
the simple thing 98% of networkers don't do and how it can instantly differentiate you when you do it. And the single most important thing to learn before you start networking. This answer might surprise you. Now, as always, listen all the way to the end where I'll share your cocktail exercise and action step for this episode. All right, so thank you, Patty. I'm so excited to have you here today. You're welcome. I'm just thrilled to be here. Awesome. So let's just dive right in, okay? And as I mentioned, I got my monitor with you on and my monitor with my questions on, so I'll be going back and forth. So most of the people I know, and I'll bet most of the people you know, dislike what I consider traditional networking, the rubber chicken lunch and dinner circuit, right? Your concept of being intentional and love your book, The Intentional Networker, which I have somewhere. Actually, it's next to my bed, so sorry. Um, But it, it really talks about, there you go, good job. It talks about knowing who we are and what we want. So can you talk about what you mean by that and why you think that's important for networking? I actually think knowing who you are is important for everything, especially if you're an entrepreneur. If you're the boss, and this is where I learned this, is when I went out on my own in 1989, which is eons ago, um, I figured if, if I was going to work for myself, I'd better know the boss really well. I'd better know how I operate. So I think I went out and did a, a class and a, an assessment with the Myers-Briggs, and that was the beginning of many personal profiles that I've done. And I'm still taking them. I've got, I've got like, I don't know, the Gallup poll one right here. It's like I'm addicted. Um, anyway, why is that important? It's important because you need to know how you operate socially, for starters. Are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? Or are you what is known as an ambivert, where you're vacillating back and forth? And I'm guessing, you know, all your subscribers, listeners fall in some range there. I don't know. What are you, Winnie? Are you an introvert? I am an I am an ambivert, but I'm a very strong introvert leaner, probably more introverted than ambivert at this time. I used to be an extrovert, but uh, with some introvert leanings. After my head injury, full-on introvert. Really? Okay. I've become a little more intro- – I'm an ambivert, but I'm a little more introverted because I'm finding the value in – silence and quiet and introspection is where a lot of my answers come. So I'm highly intuitive. Anyway, why do people need to know that? Um, Well, how, what kind of networking is going to work for you? Right. Most of us don't really care for walking into a room full of strangers, especially a big buzzed up room. I don't really like that. I, I have to do it a lot. But if I'm at the point now, if I'm going to be in a room full of people, I'd rather be up on stage because there's a little bit, of, for me, it's actually a little bit of protection up there, which yeah. sounds totally counterintuitive. No, no, I love that. And I think probably the biggest value of fully understanding the, where you fall on that personality spectrum is that you can really manage your schedule more effectively because we all go to conferences or big trainings, right? We're not saying stay in a closet and never go anywhere. But when you really understand the impact that being around so many people, so many ideas, so much noise has on you, then Mm. it really does change the way you manage your schedule and manage yourself. Mm. And you don't see anything wrong with you. This is just, this is the way I am and I'm going to manage that and celebrate it and leverage it so well. So that's, I think that's, those are really great points that you make there. 
you know, I actually, if I can insert, I actually did a blog on the whole conference thing um, about a month ago, maybe a little, awesome. maybe more than a month ago. And and when we get to my website, which will be at the end, um, I would love to send people there. But knowing yourself, if you read a lot of self help books, a lot of professional development books, the self knowledge piece is right up front always. And it's just because um, I always like to say, I think it was Socrates that said, you know, knowing thyself is the height of wisdom. And that's the entrepreneur's world. I mean, we're going to be with ourselves all day long. Amen. And and I think we all know that the we're our own worst enemy and our biggest competitor, oh, right? So it's that self-knowledge. We're crit- criticizing ourselves, self-doubting ourselves. We have the imposter syndrome, you right. name it. Right. Right. So I think that that is is really great information and why I want to encourage people to definitely pursue that getting multiple profiles about themselves is it's more than just the traditional personality kind of thing, right? It's your strengths in in general. So there's the strengths finder that and uh, strengths finder 2.0 that you can can discover what are your great strengths. There are so many out there that provide such valuable insight into different aspects of ourselves. I think it's DISC that's focused on communication, right? And they're there are uh, conflict assessments to discover your conflict style. So uh, all of that, yeah, go get them all. Do as many as you can, and, and yeah. there are loads of, loads of fun and very interesting about yourself. And before I forget, let's make sure that we get a link to that blog post so I can include that in the show notes. And I think I did a post as well about going to a live event. So I'll also include your link on there. So definitely want to make sure we do that. So, you know, one of the things that I could never understand was how people would complain that networking never worked for them, but they would go to like one event. One thing, it never works for me, right? And then they would never, but they didn't follow up with anybody either. So so I think this all gets down to confusion over what to expect. So can we talk then about what networking really is and how this is actually supposed to work? You just hit on one of many things that inspired me to write the book because I was seeing so many people networking badly. Well, I just have to give you a little background. I was at the time running a freelance, when I wrote the book, I was running a freelance talent agency or a bureau. Awesome. So I was generating work not only for myself but for other people. Like I did mostly writing and consulting. Okay. And other people did graphic design and website development, all that stuff. And so I was networking for a lot of us. And I was seeing how badly people network. And I'll, I'll try to give you the, the biggest or the most concise, important list I can. First of all, networking is not selling. And, and so when people jump in, you know, they have a new business and suddenly they're at a networking event and they're whipping out business cards and try, thinking they're going to get a client, most likely you won't get a thing as far as a client. You might. You might. But don't count on it. Don't expect it. Um, Networking is about building relationships, and you don't develop relationships like what you go to the gym one time and you expect to have bulging, you know, you know, bald biceps and no flab under here. You gotta go. Well, I've been going for years and I still have that stuff going on. <laughs> anyway, it's 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 a marathon, not a sprint. And I think a huge thing is to find some groups that if you do join an association or a group that you go consistently. Like, I'll give you a great example. I'm on a cycling team, and let me just be real straight with this. We're, we're riders, not racers. 
we're going to do the MS-150 next weekend. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to be last, so I'm just accepting that. Anyway, <laughs> Finishing uh, is really awesome. I, I, know, I got two corporate client engagements from my cycling team. That's because we spend hours together riding and right. camping, and, you know, they got to know me. That was like a lot of networking. I didn't mean it to be networking, but we built relationships. Right. I've gotten clients from the gym um, because I show up there pretty regularly. People get to know you. They have to know you, like you, and trust you. Yeah. And kind of be kind of digging what you're doing, too. Yeah. And so, and I think we all know that great clients show up when the timing is right. So, yeah. you know, so yeah. that's, well, that's huge. First, big one, networking is not selling. Yeah, I think all of that is needs to be like, we should just write that down and make it yeah. part of our daily yes. spiritual practice, yeah. right? To it's an attitude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an attitude. So then yeah. I think you've alluded to a couple of things of why it would be a positive to join an association or some kind of group. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like yeah. how do you choose which one? Because I actually had people, I put out a call for questions, and that was one of them. I can't remember who's, who asked it. But, you know, how do I know what I should be joining and what yeah. not? Well, well, first of all, and this is, this is my proof. This is the old proof copy. Look at that. Uh, there's lots of that in here. But right. the short answer is, um, I would definitely join your industry's association. Like, for example, I'm in the speak. I'm a speaker now, so I'm in the speakers association. I'm not really in any authors groups, but I'm in a couple of communications groups. We have a a chapter. Well, it's not really a chapter. It's Women Communicators of Austin, and I've been in that for forever. Okay. Um, and then you know, maybe join some work. Like, do you like books? Do you read? Join a book group. Right. Get with some people that don't do what you do. Um, think about where you're, if you have some really good clients, how did you find them? Where did you find them? Through whom did you find them? Some people discover that going to a couple of events and then having coffees with some of the people that they met and liked is really where the momentum starts to grow. I have a friend that when she puts on an event or invites me to an event she's going to, I always go because she knows fantastic people. So I have a little bit of experience there with her but you have to do a little experimenting you just have to like I went to a leads group once and it was probably the most soul-sucking experience of my life there was a gentleman that leaned across the table at me and said you're new aren't you I said yeah and he says if you don't bring me leads don't come back that made me feel really good so don't put up with that don't if you go to a group and you feel really uncomfortable um you don't have to go back yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Those, those kinds of experiences just speak volumes. Mm -hmm. They really do. But I also will say that according to business protocol, um, you're responsible for introducing yourself to people. So if you, sh if you're kind of introverted and you show up at a, an event and you expect people to take care of you, likely that won't happen unless that group has done a lot of work on building their culture and their community and their outreach. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that there's responsibility on both ends that yes. if you're trying to have a group and you want to grow it, then 
you need to do something to help embrace people and make it easy for them. But uh, yeah, we're all responsible for our own success, right? We're all responsible for our own experience. So I can appreciate how painful it can be. And especially I, I, a few years ago, this is so embarrassing to admit, but a few years ago, I finally moved to live with my husband. We had been geographically separated for six and a half years, six and a half years. Wow. I know, please. Um, Because he lost his job. This was the only place he could get one. We tried to keep both houses. Don't get me started. But anyway, so I finally moved up here and I'm, you know, I'm really embarrassed to say I really haven't done anything to get involved with any groups here. And Even now? <laughs> Winnie. <laughs> I, know, I know. It's awful, isn't it? Honestly, that's the big introvert part of me. And then the other part of me, it just looks at, well, if I'm going to spend my time. Yeah. You know, where is it? I, I'm going to yeah, spend it in a place that? where I only have to look good from the shoulders up. <laughs> right? So it's convenient for me. And... I, it's not like I've never been out of my house up here or anything. I live in the Buffalo Niagara region. Okay. So on top of that is the weather thing, right? I don't want to commit to go in someplace and then have the weather. The weather's only predictable here like four months out of the year. Um, so yes, I, I've really not made an yeah. effort. I in hate your that. defense. Look at you and I are friends now because of a LinkedIn comment okay. I made, which yeah. You know, and here, here's another great point. Depending on what your business is, is is your business your business isn't just local, right? It's it's national, maybe international. And right. so, you know, and my business is more national now. I've gone from being a local, you know, freelance writer, marketing communications consultant right. who primarily had local clients to a speaker who speaks all over the country. Right. And I have friends all over the country now and social media and, and Zoom and calls and all that are how we stay in touch. But I'm kind of discovering that I miss a lot of my local friends and I'm sort of easing back into that. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I think you made a couple of really great points. The industry association, is there a local chapter? Um, is there another interest that you have? Yes. Follow your passion. Don't, don't be constantly... Thinking about, well, I must make every minute count and yeah. because I worked for the Red Cross. And, yeah, there are just a tremendous number of connections that you can make yep. by supporting Volunteer. a charity. Right. Volunteer for a nonprofit. Go right. sit at a coffee shop. Become a regular at a, you know, every Monday morning at 9, be at the coffee shop and see if there's yeah. there are any other regulars. We have a coffee shop here in town called Monkey Nest. And it was I finally met the owner last week, he and his wife. And... It's a community. Every single time I go there to meet somebody, I end up running into somebody I know and then also meeting one of my friend's friends. It's become quite a little socialized area. It's, it's, you, you did, you mentioned the no like and trust factor, right? So Mm -hmm. it's that continued seeing the same person, getting to know a little bit about them. And also, I think it's recognizing that you are a reliable person. You do show up pretty regularly. And you also demonstrate then that you're not out for the quick hit, I'm looking to make a sale, right? So that's all part of that whole psychology that you're talking about, Mm -hmm. about this is much more than 
getting clients. It's it's all about it's building your brand, it's building reputations. So I think that those are some really great points. You in your book you do discuss the power of intentions. So can you talk about the what exactly the an intention means in connection with networking? Sure. Um, and even above that, I talk about vision, like having a big picture right. of how am I going to be? What what do I want to build? What am I trying to do? What am I trying to create? And then intention is the choices you make, the decisions you make all along the way. Right. Like, and, and there's a, there's many levels of how intention works. Intention works on a spiritual level, mm-hmm. you know, whatever your belief system is, belief for me, it's God. I believe that if I tell God, and this works, this has been working for me since I was a teenager. I get really excited about talking about this. Um, when you commit to something, when you say, by golly, I'm going, I, like right now I need to fill my fall schedule. I don't, mind, I don't mind saying that to this group. I'm trying to build my fall speaking schedule. Mm-hmm. I've started to do the work, and I've started to set some new guidelines on what I'm looking for. What's a good fit for me? How do I want to spend my time? Um, by golly, the phone's ringing. I'm reaching out, but the phone is also ringing. And I read in, um, I don't know if you've ever done The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. No. Awesome, awesome series. She says, karma is not linear. You know, once the universe knows you want something, it conspires to help you. Right. And so th- there's another level. There's a the spiritual level. There's also the brain level. We have something in our brain called the reticular activating system. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially our filter and our radar. And so if I say, I'm really looking for to speak at women's leadership conferences. They're, they're popping up everywhere in, my, in the newspaper, in online. Friends suddenly tell me about them. Um, and then, you know, I think there's just a third level of when you start telling other people about it in your network, they want to help you. Right. So right. it's spiritual, it's your own brain, and it's your social. So yeah. really committing, and that gets back to the know, like, and trust. If people really know you want something, by golly, they want to help you. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you're not finding that, then there's either something wrong with your message and how you're communicating it. You, people don't know how to help you. Yeah. Or you're hanging out with the wrong people. Or there's a disconnect. Like you say you want something, but you're not showing up. You're yes. not participating in it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I have a dear, dear friend who is a big dreamer and she's always saying, oh, I want to go do this and I want to go do But she doesn't... Um, show up in that fashion yeah. like for, for example um i wanted to take her on a on an overseas trip as something really special for a big birthday for her and i had the money to do it at the time and so i told her to go get a passport a few months later she hadn't done it right golly <laughs> I mean, yeah if someone says patty get your passport i'm taking you somewhere it's like i'm gonna have that passport tomorrow <laughs> yeah yeah, I, yeah, and I think that that, again, it's a great point because we have to take responsibility for yes. what we want and for our own lives. And if we cognitively know what to do and are not doing it, I mean, if I'd go get your passport, I would be down, yeah. making sure mine is renewed. So, so if you cognitively know what to do and you're not taking action, mm-hmm. then you need to sit down and ask yourself, What's going what on I, here? What, what am I afraid of? Am I going after something that's not me? And that goes back to self-awareness. Are you actually doing something? Like you have entrepreneurs that you're, are listening. 
are you really doing what you love to be doing? Or is this somebody else's dream? Or did you just come up with it because someone talked you into it? Right. right. Trying to yeah. please mom? I don't know. It's, there's a whole lot of stuff going. We're constantly yeah. having to sort out the stuff we got going on in our head. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a matter of, as you said, self-awareness to, to recognize that, geez, I, this is what I want. This is what I have. What's keeping me from, I call it the bridge of fear, right? What, what's yeah. keeping me from crossing the bridge of fear to go get it? Because yeah. there's something there. So, you know, one of the things that um, you'd mentioned earlier that I didn't really uh, go into, but I don't want to miss, and it's this issue of, and, and I talked about that, you know, taking responsibility for your experience at these events, right? Yes, yeah. the group should have some kind of uh, welcoming process, but many, most don't. But, you know, you're, you're a grown-up, you're, you're right. responsible for your own experience, but it can be so painful, So especially oh, for yeah. somebody who's introverted. So can you talk about, you know... Do you want what, some specific tips? To, yeah, sure, yeah, toss, toss some out. I'll share some yeah. of mine, you share some. And I use these, I totally use these myself. I still use them. I'm like, you're on the networking experts, like, oh, yeah. no, I rely on the basics. Okay, so a couple of things. If you're going to an event, first of all, show up on time or it's even preferable to show up a little early yeah. and usually most events have a table set up with the name tags hopefully you've RSV, RSVP'd and they have a name tag for you unless it's a super casual tweet up kind of a thing but most groups have this you know sign up area and go get your tag talk to the people who are running the desk let them know you're new it's okay to be new although it's always scary to be new and just say, you know, this is my first time here. Do you mind if I just sort of hang out here with you guys while people are arriving? And would you mind introducing me? That's, that's one thing. Don't show up late because you'll show up when the room is already, people are already interacting, it's all a buzz, and it's just shocking to the system. So don't do that. Yeah. But if you do show up and there are already people there and they're already gathered in groups, look around the perimeter of the room for someone standing by themselves. Chances are there's also someone like you standing there feeling dejected and pained and scared as can be. Go over and talk to that person. Just walk up to them and say, hi, I'm Patty. Is this your first time? You know, what brought, what brought you here? What do you do when, you, when you're not going to events like this? Tell me about you. And if you go armed with some a few basic questions to start the conversation that's that's helpful the other thing you can do is as you're driving there or taking the train or walking or whatever it is you're doing set some intentions on how you want to feel what you want out of the event um and then as you're walking down the hall or into the building just stand really tall and just say the word say the words i feel great to yourself i feel great I feel great. It's a great day. It's I'm going to have a great time and get yourself mentally ready. Yeah. Those it's are really great. That, you know, it's like speakers have to get ready. Football players have to be golfers. Oh my gosh. Golfers have to constantly be, right. you know, you have to work it. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great tips. And, and it, it speaks again to that intention, getting your mind right and taking control of your own emotional state. I'll give you two quick tips for what I do. Cause I really, I'm not comfortable just like you say, plowing into a group one, get your own name tag, right? Yeah. This name tag country.com magnet on the back. 
awesome, doesn't mess up your stuff. So first of all, having a beautiful name tag, people are going to comment, man, I got this cheesy, you know, Sharpie thing. How did, where did you get that great one from? This is always a conversation starter. And then I, you know, chicks, I think have it easy to a degree. I always wear, I like vintage pins and have a collection of them. Yeah. I wear something that is really eye catching. Mm -hmm. Somebody is bound to say, wow, that's a great pin. Where did you get it? And now it starts the conversation and then we can ease into, so what do you do? And it feels better than just, you know, some bold. Small Small talk is perfectly fine to start the conversation, but here, small talk is great. Breaks the ice. And I love your pin. In fact, I think I may even mention something like that in the book, specifically yes. a pin, because I have some vintage pins too. Mm-hmm. Um, but come up with some other questions like what brought you here right. is a great question. Or if there's a speaker, have you heard this speaker before? What attracted you to this right. topic? Yeah. And yes. that can start to get you a little deeper. I mean, it's this is a lot like dating. It it's is. a lot like dating where it's just so it's kind of awkward and you're getting to know each other and then you can start going a little deeper and really getting to know. And you'll know if you're talking to someone and you're just not getting the warm fuzzies, what you can probably say, if I might add, to exit a conversation is to say, it's been really great knowing you, but you know, I promised myself I would meet at least five people here. So that's your exit strategy. Right. Yeah, I really could use some coffee. I'm going to go over and help myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exit, feel free to exit graciously if you're uncomfortable or just not getting what you need. Um, yeah, that that's great. And I love the analogy that it's like dating because mm-hmm. something else nobody likes to do, but it's so totally necessary. And of course, you're trying to learn about the other person, right? Mm-hmm. So the more attention that we can pay, more focus we can give to finding out about this other person, I think it takes the pressure off of us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Listening is a, that's why introverts can be such great networkers. We're great listeners. Right. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And and so leverage what really makes us great, which is exactly what you're, you're talking about. You know, I do a lot of virtual networking since I never, you know, leave the house. Um, I participate in online groups. I have connection calls with people and I engage with people on several platforms. But one of the things I've always found hard is turning someone down who wants to connect. Mm -hmm. And I go, you know, I agonize with this back and forth. I mean, there's limited time during any given week, day, month. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I can't see why does this person want to connect with me? And then I've had people who say they want to connect and all they did was want to try to sell me. So I know this is really awkward and you talk about it in your book. So can you amplify that a little bit for us? Because it's so painful. So is the choice, what you're asking me is how to turn people down or how to weed, how to kind of vet them out a little bit? Probably both. How do you, how do you decide who to take the, the connection call with yeah. or, or when you're at an event, how do you decide who do you specifically want to follow up with, right? Because that's kind right, of related. Right. And then how do you say, no, I can't. Okay. So those, those are two, two different things. Yeah. Um, I would say definitely the follow-up and very few people follow up. So a quick follow-up thing to do is have your cards Make little notes on the cards on where you met that person. And, you know, like I met them at Women Communicators of Austin in May of 2017. Banner brunch. That's how I met them. Because you may save the card and you may need to, you can't remember all this stuff, trust me. Um, And when you follow up, I usually follow up by email and just say, you know, Mary, it was really great meeting you. It was so much fun talking about our dogs. 
And I, I was so glad to have you sitting next to me at the at the brunch because you're a fun, com you know, just be nice and just gracious. Don't try to sell. And you can also even say, if there's something I can do for you, please let me know. Okay. Generous, no selling. Right. Um, that's one part. If someone approaches you and it's, I don't know, you just don't know if you want to take the time because it, you don't get time back. That's the thing. We only have so much time. I actually have a big long list and a stack of cards of people I'd really like to connect to. And I have no clue who I'm going to get to all of them. <laughs> so this is where you go back and set some intentions and some vision and do a little planning. Decide how many coffees a week you can afford to do. Like for me, it's yeah. maybe one or two. I have so much else going on, including a lot of bicycle training. I cannot wait for that part to be over <laughs> so I can get my life back. Anyway, um, if I'm only doing two coffees a week, it may be six weeks, two months longer before I can see somebody. But someone who really wants to meet me will wait. Someone who's trying to meet a quota for the month on how many vitamin packs can they sell or whatever. I mean, and, and I love I mean, I love vitamins. I take lots of them. But, you know, if they're not willing to get on your schedule six weeks out, it's like getting a new hairdresser. Oh, I can't see you for two months. That must mean you're good, you know? Yeah. So set some limits and just let people know, you know, I don't do very many of these. I'm not interested in buying anything. If you really, truly want to get to know me, get to know my business, you know, and you can set it up for 30 minutes if you want to, or you can say, this is another technique I use. Can we just talk by phone for 15 minutes? Can we do that? Or can we zoom call right. and see it? Cause I don't know for me, especially in Austin. Now we have so much traffic. It's, yeah two-hour deal to go have yep. talk to somebody. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think that's part of, you know, it's one big reason why I do so much virtually is because it's just a big production. I got to get, yes, you know, get good. I got to get dressed. I got to put makeup on. I got to take yeah. care of the cats. I got to then figure out where I'm going because this is right. a new area for me. Yeah. And then I got to get there. And then I got to, it's, it's, it's a day. And you, know, you can be really cool about saying, you know what, I really value my time I you know my time is my life my time is time is money for me right. um, I'm really interested in meeting people who are really interested in knowing me as a person first I don't buy things from people until I get to know them right you now you can set do it kindly do it graciously um, I've veered to the side of being just probably not very nice to people and I regret that that's a big one but you know, when my son was still at home and it was just like my life was a lot crazier than it is now. And I was vicious, <laughs> viciously protective of my time. Yeah, you have to be. Yeah. And I have a whole section in my book about, you know, the whole brain picking thing. Like, right. do not do not use the words, I'd like to pick your brain because that just means I want free advice and I'm going to relentlessly, you know, ask things of you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that the, it, such all that is so well said, and I think that the big issue here is back to your point about you're building a relationship. Yeah. So if I so here's what I look for in somebody who first of all I get it, like I get what you do, and I can see how we could possibly be potential referral partners, or how or that there's a need for your services among people, you know, in the ocean where I swim. Mm -hmm. And, it, but it, so if a person who says, hey, I see a connection, 
you know, or I heard your episode on X and I could be maybe another referral partner. I do that kind of stuff. Yes. Yes. I'm totally open to having a conversation virtually and, and learning more about each other, but somebody who, and who, who just, you know, wants to, it doesn't make any effort to explain why they want to connect. Right. And also, you may even run into people who are like, they're just trying to make some friends. Okay. Like I'm new to the area. Okay. So I have people that call me all the time and I even have some of my out of town friends say, Hey, I've got someone moving to Austin. Right. You're really connected. Would you mind having coffee with that person? And I usually say, especially if I really like the person in the referring, then I say, absolutely. I would do that for you. Um, but sometimes people just want to social, just chit chat and they're, maybe they're not interested in selling, but maybe they're just going to chit chat. And right. that's not really, that's not really what I'm looking. I mean, I love to talk obviously, right. um, but I want there to be some depth. That's my, you know, what are your criteria? And, you know, again, there's a whole section in my book on what's your, what are your criteria? Yeah. What are you trying to accomplish? What do you want out of a coffee? Um, And I also have like a little test. Like if you've gone to an event or a coffee, mark in your calendar. I use a paper calendar. I'm so old fashioned, but I actually did this thing for a whole year where I marked, I gave it a plus, a minus, or a zero. Plus meaning that was awesome. Zero meaning it was okay. It wasn't miserable, but it was okay. Minus meaning I am never <laughs> back to that group. That person sucked the life out of me. I'm exhausted. They wouldn't stop talking. So that's, again, paying attention to what's energizing you, what's depleting you, what's just sucking the time out of your schedule. Right. Yeah, really great point. Um, and then I also um, – you know, we could just spend the whole week talking about just that, that particular issue. But in, in Chapter 7 of your book, let's, let's talk a, a little bit more about that. In, in Chapter 7 of your book, which, which is called The Intentional Networker, which is so great, you talk about, and I'm going to read this quote here, how to be more attractive and memorable to others. Mm-hmm. So we're not talking, obviously, about attractive in terms of beauty. But let's let's talk about this being attractive because I think that's part of if you're asking for connection calls and nobody's saying yes, there's something there that you have to take ownership of. And so how do we make ourselves more let's maybe enticing to okay. connecting with others? Okay. Enticing. Okay. So there's a lot of things that are attractive about people, and it's not just how you look, it's not just what you wear, although you know, I like to say, and I do whole sections of this in my workshops on how to be your best self. Right. You know, who are you on your best day? What have you done to take care of yourself? Showing that you have some self-respect means if I'm taking care of myself, it means I'm going to take care of you. So that's part of it is, you know, making the effort to show up as your best self. Um, the other part is people want to be around other people that make them feel good. And what are you doing? To, is it a smile? Is it eye contact? Is it... Um, you know, having some sort of positive radiance about you, laughing, um, your posture, your carriage. Are you asking questions about them that they find interesting and comfortable? Like I, I'm working on another book and <clears throat> about conversation because if you, you can't really do the, any of this if you can't get a conversation going. And there's different levels of curiosity Curiosity, I think, is a really important point, but not a prying 
curiosity, more like, I want to know you. I'm interested in you, but not in a creepy way, not in a crying way. Um, So attractiveness has to do with, you know, how do I feel when I'm, you know, I got, I, I, right from the start, Winnie, you contacted me after we both commented on that post. We had a great phone call and you've got great energy. Thank you. Funny. You're humble and, you know, a little self-deprecating, but also whip smart. Thanks. Um, It's just, you know, it's, it's that, you know, je ne sais quoi that they talk about, but you can work at this. Yeah. You can work at it. And, and doing things like following up, I've got to tell you of all, when I get like 20 cards at a conference and I don't collect hundreds and hundreds, but I get follow-ups. I'm guessing it's in the low single digit percentile of people who follow up. So already if you just follow up graciously and say, it was nice to meet you, bam. Yeah. You already made yourself stand out. Yeah, I hate to admit that, you know, mom was right, but mom was right. Mom was right. You- My mother's favorite expression was, it doesn't cost a penny to be gracious. I can't tell you how many terrible circumstances that has seen me through. Yeah. 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 You, you've made some really great points. I've actually been, been taking some notes. I I love the the concept that showing up as your best self, you know, having a nice looking outfit, colors that really flatter you. This goes for guys as well as, as ladies, just, you know, really feel like you care. Look like you care. Look like you care. And again, embarrassing true confession. I had reached a point where I had to admit that I was not showing up as my best self. And part of it was I had, I was clinically depressed. Yeah. And I had to admit that, that, mm-hmm. oh my God, I really am. I am exhibiting every sign of clinical depression. And that gets reflected in that external representation of yourself. And I paid a, one of my clients was a, at the time was an image consultant. I paid her to do a makeover. Oh, I've done that. I've done that. And I, and I was going through, you know, a kind of a rough patch and I was, you know, I needed a, first of all, I needed a lift and I needed, I also needed, and here's, here's another thing. Going back to the self-awareness, ask some of your friends, not your mom or dad, they, they are totally not objective, but ask some of your friends, to use three to five words that describe you, and you may be pleasantly surprised. I mean, when you got your image consultant, I'm sure there were suddenly he or she may have put you in something where all of a sudden a color just like gave you a emotional lift, right? You know, there's just so many reasons to just show you care about yourself first. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know, uh, Wayne Dyer, the late great yeah. Wayne Dyer often said, change what you look at and what you look at changes. And I think I was actually reading one of his books at the time. I can't remember which one. I've read them all. Um, but I really made that commitment that I'm going to change what I see in the mirror. Yeah. And then that will hopefully help me work on what I'm feeling inside of me. And in my opinion, it, yeah, it made a big difference. And, and, and I've never let myself go like that again. And, and I think it does help me, helps me feel good. We all know a great haircut will make, will fix a lot yeah. of, well, of and there's also, 
but you make a great point. There's clinical stuff. Last year, I only have half a thyroid, you know, blah, blah, blah. I had to have hard to take up. Last year, about this time, I was, I could hardly get off the sofa. And I thought it was just, I was depressed. Or well, my thyroid, the other half is just like, I can't keep up. And I had to, I had to go to the doctor. Sometimes there's something physical that menopause, whatever, postpartum depression. It can be any number of things, but, you know, go get yourself checked out. Especially if you're running your own company, it behooves you to be healthy. Yeah. Amen. Vitamins, exercise, what's it going to take to make right. you the best self? Yeah. Amen. We, we go into business because we don't want the crap associated with corporate life typically. So don't be that mean boss that you once worked for. Treat yourself very, very nicely. Patty, I could go on for days. Oh, I could too. Talking with you. So let's, let's let everybody understand exactly what it is that you do. Cause okay. you do have, you have this great book, the intentional networker, but that's more, uh, uh, you know, not exactly what you do. So, so explain, what the heck do you do? Well, the intentional networker is, I wrote this book as my empty nest project. And it was the culmination of all the things I saw people doing right and doing wrong in their business. I've had my own business since 1989. Right now, I'm a conference and corporate speaker. I develop workshops. I do keynotes. I consult with people. I'm playing with the idea of doing like a, a group, small group coaching via Zoom because this is just such a great medium to do that with. Yeah. But um, I work one-on-one -on -one with people. If they, if they really want to rent my brain for an hour or two, I'm happy to do that. But my primary business right now is going to speak at, you know, leadership conferences, association conferences, um, industry conferences. And then I get asked, Microsoft had me work with their high potential leaders. Awesome. You know, I work with some big companies. I work with small companies. Great. I'm working with the Texas Association of Counties. I speak to them about networking, but I also talk about this whole, you know, having vision, having balance, having how to use, you know, how to think a little broader in, in terms of not just your business if you're an entrepreneur, but in terms of your life. You know, I'm getting up there in years. I just had a pretty big birthday. And, you know, life is short. And really get the most out of it and then give the most to it. What were you here? What were you brought here to do? Amen. Amen. Yeah. yeah. And, and as we age, the days seem to move faster and faster and faster. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, definitely be sensitive to all of that. That's awesome. And of course we'll include links to all the ways you can reach out to, to Patty. Um, before we go, though, and before you have you share the, the best URL that you want to send people to, tell me about the, the one thing that you know now, since you've been self-employed for so long, that you wish you had known before you went out on your own. Uh, well, it's interesting you ask me that question because I've become very clear on that. And for me, the big thing is trust yourself. Trust yourself. I mean, I've had people say, Patty, you need to do X, Y, or Z with your business. And I ran off and did that, probably spent several thousand dollars to set my website up a certain way or develop a certain product. And, you know, it just didn't turn out that well. <laughs> and now when I'm really thoroughly enjoying being me, my best self, speaking in the style that I speak, developing my programs the way that feel really right to me inside, you know, in my heart where I can really feel myself getting fired up as I create 
my keynotes and create my workshops and work on my writing, everything is so much easier and so much more delightful as opposed to trying to be somebody else. Yeah. But again, I would say that doesn't mean, oh, I can be whoever I want. I can show up dressed, you know, like a hobo and, you know, know, lounge around in my yoga pants all day. No, it really means finding out who you are and then bringing the best part of you. Yeah. 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 Great. The world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well said. So what's that best place for people to go who want to connect and learn more about you? My website is www.intentionalnetworker.com. Dot com and be careful when you're typing that in because sometimes your spell check wants to make it international and it's not it's inten- intentional networker.com and you're going to come to a big page with a bunch of stuff on it there's a box where you can sign up for my blog and I if everything's working properly you should get some freebie materials like some networking tips a free chapter of my book awesome a couple other things if it's not working let me know Super. Patty with an I at intentionalnetworker.com is my email. Really seriously, email me. I'd be happy to answer any questions. Awesome. Awesome. And I, of course, will include all of that in the show notes as well as all of the links to every place else that, that Patty is as well on social media. Thanks again for the great information. Be sure you pick up Patty's book and uh, we'll have a link to that as well. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are welcome. This was delightful. All right. I hope you found that interesting. I love Patty's insight into being an intentional in our networking. Now, be sure to visit winnieanderson.com slash network to get the show notes, links to resources mentioned, and to get the handout for this week's episode, which will include your reflection exercise and action step. If you like what you heard, please leave a great review for the show and for this episode on the platform where you consumed it. And please share this, the episode and the show with your contacts and community. All right, so your cocktail exercise, also known as a reflection exercise. No alcohol needs to be involved. Don't drink and drive and don't overindulge. All right, so I want you to think about where your leads come from. You know, we all want more clients. When I meet with potential clients of mine and I ask them, you know, what they want, I hear this over and over again. I want more clients. But when I ask them what they're doing to generate leads and inquiries, they look at me like I just sprouted antlers. I mean, they, we know they hate getting new clients, right? We, nobody likes the whole process. You can stand with your hands at the bottom of your sales funnel all you want. But if you're not bringing people in who are highly interested in what you have to offer, then you're not going to have anything flowing out of the bottom. And we invest so much time creating content, tinkering with our website, trying to get attention and be noticed, when really the easiest way to land a client is to have an interested prospect sent to you by someone who is positioned and pre-sold you as the go-to expert to solve their problem. As a matter of fact, a 2015 report from Heinz Marketing says that 69% of business-to-business sales reps report that a referral says yes faster and easier than a non-referred new prospect. And in a 2014 survey by GigaOm.com, 31% of marketers surveyed said that referral marketing is the most effective strategy for getting new clients. 
That same survey said referred customers have a 16% higher customer lifetime value than clients acquired by other means. You know you're more likely to take someone's word for a recommendation over an advertisement any day, even if the person making the recommendation is a complete stranger. So ask yourself, what's keeping you from doing the networking to develop your referral base? And just meeting people isn't enough. That's not networking. You also need to stay top of mind and connected to your network. Remember, it's about building relationships. That's what you excel at. It's not just expecting people to do your marketing for you. Are you really adding value to your connections? Think about that. Okay, so your action step. As usual, this is really more than one step, but anyway, start by identifying all the other types of people that your best client needs. You know, this could be accountants, lawyers, coaches, designers, whoever. Just start brainstorming a list. Think about who is most likely to recognize that your mutual ideal client is likely to need and be willing to pay for your services. Then go through your existing networks and see who fits those categories. But you know it takes more than just a job title to make someone an expert at what they do, right? So you want to identify the qualities your best referral partners need to have. For me, they have to be incredibly service-oriented. They need to be a true leader in their profession. They have to be nice to work with because I don't refer people to miserable, mean people. And it helps if they have a good sense of humor and they take their work seriously, but not themselves. They have to have high integrity and they got to be a straight shooter. So you get the picture, right? Now, before you contact them, keep in mind referrals are mutual. So you want to be in a position to refer them work as well. So if you would not be sending them work, then you don't exactly want to hit them up for a referral partnership. But you also want to be clear about the problem you solve, the value you bring, and how they can recognize that someone needs your services. You know, what should they listen for? What should they look for? And you want to commit to keep in touch with your new referral partner or potential referral partner. That does not mean that you're going to put them on your email list and spam them. It means that you're going to develop some way to keep in touch with them and reach out with them and check on how things are going and how you can help them. Everyone's busy. Their job is not to market your business for you. And remember, you're going to need more than one person in each job or work category, right? So you're, you need to keep building your network of professionals unless you have somebody who you want to develop a strategic referral partnership with. A strategic referral partnership, in my definition, is this is somebody who is your primary, maybe your only referral source for that particular skill that they offer. Even then, it's unlikely that you're going to have this one unicorn that you're going to refer to. But, you know, there are referrals partnerships. I call them strategic referral partnerships. And they're your primary go-to person for that problem that they solve or that talent that they have, right? All right. So if you're ready to become a courageous entrepreneur, 
If you are a mission-driven, introverted coach or consultant and you're ready to break free from underachieving, under-earning, and playing small, you're ready to break through to the next level of success. You're ready to get the support, accountability, and guidance you need in a community of like-minded professionals, then you want to consider joining the Courageous Entrepreneur Club. The club is made of small groups of no more than 10 people each who are solo professionals and entrepreneurs who receive coaching, accountability, and support from me and from each other as they move forward to come out of hiding, achieve the goals that they would otherwise lose focus on, and generally take their business to the next level of success. Group enrollment happens at specific times during the month, so if you want to learn more, go to winnieanderson.com slash join the club. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. Remember, you deserve all the success you dream of.